The Chicago Bears offense will have the same structure to it with continuity on the coaching staff, the play caller, and the quarterback. But the offense will have some new looks and maybe a little different flavor because of all the upgrades they've done around Justin Fields. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the show today, we'll get into how this Chicago Bears offense will look different for Justin Fields in 2023. We'll start with what we'll see from Fields himself and Luke Getze and how that works structurally for this offense. And what will be different from last year to this year, as I think we'll get to see more truly what Luke Getze wants to be able to do, as opposed to last year when it was just kind of doing whatever they could to work with what they actually had. We'll get a little bit more specific then into some of the personnel usage. In in particular, I think how the tight ends deployed are really going to shape a big part of what this offense looks like, even though the wide receivers are going to ultimately be more important for the production, which we'll get into how they'll be used and the running backs in there as well, that all of a sudden puts together, uh, altogether puts together an image of what we think this offense will look like. The big question coming into this season, though, that we keep sort of hearing about and dancing around is, is with Justin Fields and how much he'll run the ball himself because that was such a big part of the Chicago Bears offense last season. And in theory, part of the reason, much of the reason, you go out and upgrade at wide receiver, add better depth at tight end, and improve the offensive line, is so that in theory, Justin Fields shouldn't have to run as much, not be as reliant on his legs, and be able to have more of a traditional offensive production via the passing game that was in that in that department underwhelming last season and low in production compared to the rest of the NFL. And I don't think though the question is as simple as should Justin Fields run less or will Justin Fields run less? Because I don't think the the the, the approach here shouldn't be tell Justin Fields to run less. Justin Fields's legs are an important part of what makes him a dynamic weapon at the quarterback position and a big part of what makes him special. But I think the difference here is the upgraded personnel should automatically lead him to run less. It's not that you say, hey, Justin, stop scrambling or you should scramble less. But I think the effort is more setting a a set of circumstances or criteria in which Justin Fields should take off as a runner, as a quarterback when it's appropriate to do so. And then when it's not appropriate to do so, stay in the pocket, make the throw. And the idea here is not that you're telling him to run less, 
but that he won't need to run as much because he will be able to throw because he'll have better protection from the offensive line and he'll have receivers getting open. I mean, that, that was so much of the issue last season. Sure, there are times when Justin Fields maybe leaves the pocket a little bit too early and is too eager to scramble. Sure. But so often last season, it's because he's looking downfield and seeing receivers are not open. We're seeing receivers are not running routes correctly or effectively. And the pass protection is breaking down. And it's almost like he has almost no choice in those situations but to scramble. And the idea being that with DJ Moore, with a more comfortable Chase Claypool, with a healthy Darna Mooney, with Cole Komet and Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis at tight end and a, a more robust backfield, that he won't be put in as many of those situations to where running is his best or only option, that he will be able to stay in there and throw those passes because the receivers will be open and the receivers will be able to do something with those passes and will reward his passing. And also, he won't need to be as pinpoint accurate as well because the receivers can make more difficult catches, can do things with it, can build that trust with their quarterback, be on the same page and know where he's going to, where he's going to need the ball and know where to be for those passes. And so to me, I think that part will naturally lead to less scrambling from Justin Fields. But I think the, the other question here is the actual designed quarterback runs, whether we see the early season offense from last season, really the first like six weeks of the season, you know, he was rushing for five times a game ish on read option type plays. And then of course, after week seven against the Patriots, it kind of took off with a lot of designed quarterback runs where whether it's the QB keeper sweep or just more of the, more of the read option plays and different variations off of that more run pass options where the quarterback keeps it. How much of that will still be a part of this Chicago bears offense. And I think the key with that is that a, when you're calling a running play that the quarterback is the primary ball carrier on, it's not as though those plays are detracting from his passing stats. You know, those are not plays that had a pass as a part of them anyway. So it's not like he's foregoing a pass in order to run on those plays. He's running because it is a designed running play. There is no pass. It's not keeping his passing yards down other than the idea that, okay, you could call a passing play instead, but it's not like he's eschewing a pass in order to take the run out of some sort of habit or desire or bad choice. It's built into the play. He is the runner. The other side of that too is those design quarterback runs tend to be a little bit safer for the quarterback because he is more in control and the play is more designed for him as a runner. When he takes off as a scrambler, he doesn't know where everyone is on the field. He hasn't been watching the, the blocking develop in front of him, right? His eyes have been downfield. So when he takes off as a scrambler, he doesn't know exactly where the pass rushers are coming from, maybe where some of the linebackers and other players elsewhere on the field are because he's been looking at the receivers, and then he takes off. When he's the ball carrier, whether it's a read option or a design quarterback power or whatever they're going to run, from the moment of the snap, he's reading the defenders that are coming after him. He knows where people are coming from. Sure, sometimes some players will come from behind or whatever, but for the most part, he's had much longer to assess where, where the potential contact is going to come. So he can brace for hits, he can slide, he can get out of bounds. He has more control over the contact he's going to face as a designed ball carrier than he does as a quarterback scrambler getting out of the pocket and trying to then get beyond the line of scrimmage. So I would imagine... You know, they're not going to go crazy with the read options right away. I think they'll slowly build up to that and go to that more and more as they need to. But 
Presumably the rest of the ground game should be pretty effective, so you don't have to rely on the quarterback option game, plus the passing game should be more effective. And I think the Bears will just have more options how to move the ball effectively, as opposed to last season when the quarterback running game was a little bit more of a necessity to move the ball effectively. Now they can sprinkle it in and use as much or as little as they want when they feel like they want to or need to or need to move it in. And some games that'll be more, some games that'll be less. I think a lot more of the wrinkles that'll be new in this offense is how they utilize different personnel. And I've, I've pounded the table on this a little bit this offseason, but I want to make it clear now too, the tight ends are going to be super critical for what this offense looks like this season, perhaps even more so than the wide receivers. We'll go into why Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis in particular will matter a lot more than I think they're getting credit for next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. The football season kicks off this Thursday, and there's no better way to get in on the action than with Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. You just pick between two to five players and select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats. And then do what you usually do spending during kickoff, watching the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy football game, but you can win real money. It's legal in over 30 states, and it's a ton of fun. If you want to build your dream team today, head over to their easy-to-use mobile app or their website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code Locked On, not only will Underdog double your first deposit up to $100, but they also have a Pick'em special live right now in their Pick'em lobby with Patrick Mahomes just has to get one yard for your pick to correct. They're basically giving you a free pick when you sign up right now. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Use the link in the description or scan the QR code if you're watching us on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. These tight ends are the secret to what Luke Getze wants to do with this Bears offense. We saw him start the season that way last year trying to get more of the tight ends involved in the early weeks of the season, particularly, I mean, against San Francisco in week one, I mean, it was raining so much that they wanted to go heavy personnel anyway, but we saw that continue throughout the first handful of weeks where Ryan Griffin was playing quite a bit. Jake Tongas was getting in the game a lot and, and Kari Blazin game was as well. But after three or four or five weeks of trying to make, you know, Trevon Wesco and, and Ryan Griffin and O'Shaughnessy, like those kind of guys, work, he realized that like, hey, these are not high quality enough tight ends behind Cole Komet in order to run the multi-tight end flexibility on offense that he wanted to do. And so you saw them get away from that a little bit more and put more wide receivers on the field, a lot more of the 11 personnel, you know, one running back, one, one tight end with three wide receivers. And that problem being your wide receivers were Equinemia St. Brown and you know, for a while there, Amir Smith-Marset and Dante Pettis and a little bit of Nikhil Harry and a little bit of Byron Pringle. Of course, Darnell Mooney when he was healthy. And that wasn't really ideal either, but it was kind of pick your poison, right? Wide receivers you don't trust or other tight ends that you don't trust. And they, they went with the wide receivers to kind of spread things out a little bit more, maybe lighten the box up for fields a little bit more and the running game and trying to win that way. Coming into this season, Luke Getze wants to run the tight ends a little bit more. And that can feel counterintuitive when you got DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney and feel like, oh, well, you want to get those three guys in the field as much as possible. And like to some extent, that's true. But tight ends help you 
dictate what the defense is going to do and really dictate the personnel on the other side of the ball. And in some ways, when you can dictate the personnel of the defense, you can also dictate their coverage a little bit more here and there. And then that then makes the job easier, not only for Justin Fields, but then the other wide receivers that are on the field. And so I'm not expecting, you know, Cole Komet and Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis to like be, you know, like fantasy football all-stars. No, not all-stars, but you know what I mean? Like fantasy football studs that are going to go for a thousand yards. To me, the value of the tight ends in this offense is not what their receiving production is going to be, but what they mean for the actual like structure and function of the offense so that the running backs and the wide receivers and Justin Fields, et cetera, can have the type of maximized production that you're looking for. I still think, I mean, Cole going to have his 600 yards and Robert Tanyan will have, you know, three, four, 500 yards in there too. And maybe Mercedes Lewis will catch a couple of passes here and there. But for me, it's more about what they do formationally for this offense that you can then put more often, you're going to be in like 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends. That's one, two, 12 with then two wide receivers. And we'll get into the wide receivers usage in a little bit here. But when you put two tight ends on the line of scrimmage, then that's seven blockers in front of your running back or your quarterback in that regard. And so then in the running game, if you've got seven guys up there, the defense usually is going to respond with their base defense. They're going to want to put at least seven guys in the box to match those seven blockers that you have for them, that they'll bring on that, you know, that third linebacker or that, you know, depending on their formation, I guess if they're a three, four team or a four, a four, three team, you know, in their nickel, it's two linebackers and four guys in the line of scrimmage. When they come into base defense, they either go to the 5-2 look where you know it's a 3-4 or the 4-3, get the seventh guy in the box to try and be prepared if they're going to run the ball. Because if you've got more blockers than defenders, then the running back's going to go free. If you've got seven blockers and six guys in the box, everyone's really well accounted for, and you're going to be able to run all over them. So, of course, the defense wants to match a two-tight end set by getting heavier personnel in the box. What that then does is brings in a player into the box that is typically – a linebacker and not a slot cornerback, you know, slot cornerback comes out of the game. Linebacker comes into the game, which is then a less quality player in coverage to match up with the likes of Cole Komet or Robert Tunyon one-on-one down the field. It leaves then less help for the cornerbacks on the outside. You don't have true slot coverage players. They're going to be linebackers trying to get over to the flats. If you're going to be in zone coverage, that's the other thing too. Teams are much more likely to run zone coverage out of their base personnel defenses because at least three of those players in coverage are going to be linebackers a lot of the time because, again, you're bringing in an extra linebacker. You only have two cornerbacks, two safeties out in the field. You're going to have to have some linebackers in coverage, and you don't necessarily want those linebackers in man-to-man coverage. So by bringing in multiple tight ends in your offensive personnel, you're dictating more likely that they're going to be in zone coverage. And certainly, like, if you're in, like, a two-tight end type of set – seven guys in the box, seven blockers, you still need an eighth man to tackle the running back if they're going to bring their safety down more. You know, are you dictating more single deep coverages as opposed to, you know, if you come out in like a four wide receiver spread type look, you know, can a team then sit back and say, all right, we can then keep both safeties back deep and then take away more of the deep options, right? When you load up the your offensive personnel and they bring more guys into the box, it opens up more space then vertically as well. It makes play action more effective when you have more guys in the box because then you're going to have more guys sucked up to the line of scrimmage. Cornerbacks and safeties don't bite as much on play action. Linebackers are the ones that you can you can bite on play action a little bit more and you can suck them in and throw it over the top. The other thing you can do then is you come out with two tight ends and a running back or whatever. 
and then you can spread them out five wide with two, your five wides being two wide receivers, two tight ends, and a running back. I mean, Cole Komet plays play can line up at a wide receiver or a slot position. Robert Tanyan can line up at a wide receiver or a slot position. You know, ideally, like the likes of Khalil Herbert and, and Donta Foreman, or maybe it's Roshan Johnson, can get better as receivers, so you can trust them a little bit more lining up as a true wide receiver. You go empty set, and all of a sudden, you have to make those linebackers that they brought in to stop the run spread out in coverage and, and you get better matchups that way. You know, you can motion a guy like DJ Moore into the slot or, or Darnell Mooney back into the slot or Chase Claypool or whatever and try and get that matchup with a linebacker maybe in zone coverage over the middle of the field, right? There's so many different ways you can stress defenses when you have actual threats at the tight end position. They have to believe that they're a valuable enough blocker to have to bring in that extra linebacker, but also a valuable enough receiver that they're going to have to respect them in the passing game and the likes of Komet and Tanyan certainly offer both of that. Mercedes Lewis, maybe not as big of a threat as a, as a receiver, but certainly as a blocker and someone who you're going to see involved in the game there. So I just think those guys will allow Luke Getze to do some different things formationally, different personnel there, and, and try and then dictate more of what the defense is going to do and get better matchups for his other players on offense, in addition to just better matchups for those tight ends. I, I just think Komet and Tanyan are so critical towards getting those matchups that you like, whether or not they're the true beneficiaries of the advantage they provide the offense. I'm not certain they're going to just explode in production, but the likes of DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool getting better matchups because the tight ends get them better personnel and makes the reads easier for Justin Fields when teams are in their base defense. Like there's a reason teams play nickel all the time now, right? It's easier to disguise your coverages. You get better coverage matchups. They, they keep extra defensive backs in the field to stop the passing game. Going heavier on the tight ends counters that, forces the defense to play to you and makes Justin Fields' job that much more easy. So that's why I'm really excited about Robert Tanyan. It's why you saw the Bears prioritize bringing Tanyan in, still going after Mercedes Lewis, adding more at tight end, and why I think they, they still could add more at tight end and add more depth there. I'm curious to see how that plays out over the course of those this season. But I think that's going to be critical for what this offense or how this offense grows in 2023. I don't want that to detract from how important the upgrades at wide receiver are going to be for this offense. I want to go through how we'll see DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney and even Tyler Scott, Bayless Jones, Equinemy St. Brown, how this wide receiver rotation will actually look. We know what the depth chart looks like, but like how they'll actually be deployed together in that rotation. We're going to go through what that might look like. And certainly we got to touch on the running backs quickly as well and how we might see Herbert and Foreman and Roshan Johnson involved in this offense next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football's host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy football peaks, picks all, each week all season long. Whether you're still prepping for your draft or you're getting ready to scout the waiver wire after week one, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see what Vinny has picked out for us with this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you're looking for a player to take in your fantasy football draft who will spark his new team's offense and also help you speed to victory, then why don't you use a luxury pick on Chicago Bears wide receiver DJ Moore. It didn't take long for the former Panther to go from 0 to 60 after his big trade, cruising into this easy role as Justin Fields' new go-to guy. 
We know how good DJ Moore was with Carolina, but he can perform even better than ever while dominating targets from a young quarterback in Chicago. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same thing is true for your vehicle. With eBay's guaranteed fit, there are over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips. And you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. They've got brakes, air filters, taillights, batteries, shocks, alternator struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the right parts and accessories for your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Chicago Bears tight ends should help Luke Getze put the Bears wide receivers and therefore Justin Fields in more advantageous positions to be effective in the passing game. But one of the big questions entering this year is like how you use these wide receivers, right? We know DJ Moore is the number one guy. He's going to be the go-to option there. But then you got Chase Claypool, who we want to see more from and have feel like there's a lot of untapped potential there and adds a lot more size, you know, that component that Moore and Mooney don't have as much of and can be very valuable to differentiate himself. But we've seen Darnell Mooney be a thousand yard guy, uh, borderline number one wide receiver in the past, certainly a, a high end number two wide receiver in this offense with with DJ Moore. And so how do you find time for all of them? Plus, you know, you want to see what Tyler Scott can do as a rookie. He's got some speed, can take the top off vertically, can make some damage after the catch uh, you know, on screen passes and stuff. Valus Jones has a speed as well and some size and you want to see him grow into something more. I think the confidence level is lacking a bit there, but still a guy who has playmaking ability. Economy St. Brown is on the roster. He's under contract. Uh, in theory, I think the point of getting more and Claypool and Scott was to maybe play less Equinemia St. Brown, certainly compared to last season, but to his credit, a very good blocker, maybe the best blocking wide receiver on the team. And there's value to that in the running game for sure. And then we can't rule out that Trent Taylor brought in as the punt returner has also come I in, mean, is not purely a punt returner. I mean, that's his strength and why he was brought in, but he is a wide receiver, 5'8", 180 pounds, good speed, never been a super productive player, although his career best game came against the Chicago Bears, his rookie season in 2017, had six catches for 92 yards in that game. He said he, he in his introductory press conference last week, he said, he had food poisoning the night before, didn't sleep at all, and calls that his Chicago flu game that he had before he played against the Bears. So maybe he can keep some of that positive performance at Soldier Field going. Something about playing there or whatever maybe works well for him. So we, I don't certainly Trent Taylor is not going to have an offensive role in week one. He's still learning the playbook. He's still learning his teammates. He'll be the punt returner, but he's not going to really, I don't think we'll see him on offense at all in week one and, and maybe over the course of the season, very little at all. But in the meantime, it's going to be a lot of DJ Moore. And then the split between Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool will be interesting because, you know, like we talked about with, with seeing more two tight end sets this season, 
that means only two wide receivers can be on the field when you have two tight ends and one running back on the field. So then is it more in Mooney? Is it more in Claypool? Is it Mooney and Claypool? I mean, I don't think there are very many reasons you would want to take DJ Moore off the field, I mean, unless he's just tired or certainly an injury or something. But for the most part, we should expect more to be out there every time. And it's a matter of who else is paired with him at wide receiver. And we should be clear on the volume we're talking about here. When I, you know, when we go through like two tight end sets, this is not even going to be necessarily like the majority of the offense. You're still going to see the, the vast majority of the Bears offense with Luke Getze is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, like the 11 personnel. It'll be Herbert or Foreman with Komet and then the three wide receivers out there, you know, likely Mooney, Claypool and and more with, with some variation in there. But I think you could see up to a third of the offensive plays be multi-tight end. You know, when you look back at Luke Getze in Green Bay, when they had Tanyan and Lewis, they would go two tight end sets on over 30%, close to 35% of their offensive plays. And they'd go three wide receivers on about 60-ish percent. Again, these are sort of like, I'm rounding here. That's why the math starts to butt up a little bit there, but around that much. So I, I would, I'm expecting to see that those numbers start to get closer to that because the Bears offense last season did not get there as much. The Bears went with a lot more two running backs last season, either Blazing Game and, and a running back or both Montgomery and Herbert a lot last season. I think we'll see a lot less of the two back sets and replace that with a lot more of the two tight end sets and then a similar amount of three wide receiver sets. So again, to be clear, I think your most common offensive package will be DJ Moore on the outside, Chase Claypool on the outside, Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney in the slot, Cole Komet at tight end, Khalil Herbert or Dante Foreman at running back. Like that's that's you're gonna be your your go-to combination of some some shape or form. In the shotgun, different guys in different sides, of course, motion and stuff. But like, sure, those five will be your skill players the majority of the time. But there's still gonna be those times when you have two wide receivers on the field. That's almost half of the offense will be only two or fewer wide receivers on the field. And so then I think to me, you're going to see, first of all, DJ Moore will alternate both sides a lot. He's going to be the first read on a lot of plays. The go, the number one option you look, you first look to see is his route open. If not move on to everybody else, he will be the focal point of this offense. And the majority of the balls will lead the league and lead the lead lead. Jesus, lead the team in targets. I don't know where the L's kept coming there. Lead the team in targets for sure on this offense. And then I think in, in two wide receiver sets, it kind of depends on the opponent. You know, if they got really small defensive backs, maybe Claypool plays a little bit more than Mooney in that game, you know, or if, if you feel like you need Mooney's speed, if you want to, if you feel like you need to get rid of the ball quicker and more underneath routes, maybe Mooney needs to be on the field more in those situations. It kind of depends on, down and distance and package and personnel on the defense and, and the opponent, the game plan and how your offensive line is doing, et cetera, et cetera. How you feel like the blocking is from Mooney and Claypool in terms of different personnel. But I think we'll see those guys split time as sort of like the, both are kind of the number two, number three receivers. And it's not like a clear one, two, three. It's kind of like one, two, a, two, B for Mooney and Claypool, but with more still as kind of the key guy up top. And then you know, certainly Darnell Mooney will be their first choice whenever anybody's in the slot. And then Claypool will play a little bit more on the outside as a result. But all three guys will play slot and outside. And then, you know, the occasional Tyler Scott package here or there. The occasional Valus Jones package if he's not inactive, which I think he will be in week one. Here and there. And Equinemius St. Brown will occasionally, I think, still get some run in a complimentary type role as a blocker. As a guy that you throw out there, he's not going to play a ton. But I think we still will see him occasionally get time on offense. I think he's the number four in terms of the wide receiver depth chart at this point until the likes of Tyler Scott 
or whoever is able to supplant him. So I, I'm excited to see what this offense is going to look like. I think in the backfield, Herbert's going to be your number one back. And the way we saw them handle it in the preseason, it would be like Herbert would get two drives, then Foreman would get one. Then Herbert will get two drives, and then Foreman will get one. And Roshan Johnson was the third down back for Herbert on his drives and occasionally for Foreman in there. And and that's, I think, how we'll start the season. And then as the year goes on, that'll shift in, in a couple different directions. Whether Johnson might get more, Foreman might get more or less, and then it's not going to be a clear cut like two to one to third down back ratio year, year round. I think there'll be some some tweaking of that over time. So that's what this Chicago Bears offense should look like. That's what Luke Getze has shown that he wants to do with this offense when everyone's healthy. Because now that he's got a healthy cast, we'll get to better see his actual ability as a play caller. Whereas last season, I think he was pretty hamstrung by personnel that limited what he could do and what he could trust with his play calling. And this year will be a great evaluation of Getze in addition to Justin Fields. We'll be keeping close tabs on what this Bears offense looks like all season long. So make sure... You hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really appreciate our everydayers that tune in five days a week to get your daily Bears fix before you know it. We're going to be getting ready for the Bears-Packers game. I'm going to put together a Packers All-22 breakdown, kind of look at what Jordan Love might present in this year's Packers team. That'll be exclusive for the Lockdown Bears insiders on our subtext group as well, so be on the lookout for that. Join subtext.com slash Lockdown Bears if you want to check that out. In the meantime, you got to keep coming back for the podcast to get your next opportunity to bear down.